Well, we've been in a message series that we've called Healthy Families, and uh, we talked about raising great kids, and we talked about loving your now or future spouse. Um, today, we want to turn to this whole sense of living in the tension of life. If you've ever felt that life has a little too much going on, you are not alone. Uh, I'm beyond the stage of life of running young children to and from here, there, and everywhere. But even so, it still seems that my to-do list never quite gets finished. Uh, It's crazy. I want to do everything. I want to be a good husband, and I want to be a good dad, and I want to be a good employee, and I, I want to be a good son, and a good neighbor, and a good friend. I want to do all those things. I want to have some accomplishments. I want to get through that stack of books that I've got to get through. I, there's all these things that I want to get done. Um, I want to have some recreation. I, wow, how do we do all those things? Everybody um, has expectations on you. Sometimes I have to say no to things, as do you. Now, everyone, I think, realize, I think this is just across our culture, that we realize that... Um, you know, some of you watch the, some television sitcoms and you look at these people in television sitcoms and it seems like they they have nothing to do but just to sit around and be on TV, I think. That is not real life, right? Um, so everyone realizes that we've got just too much on the go. Now, sometimes someone will sing about it. There was a song from, I think, the early 80s or late 70s by a band called Alabama and they sang it like this. I'm in a hurry to get things done. A few friends and I used to play some country music together, and that was one of the songs we did. That was always a big crowd pleaser. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Rush and rush to life's no fun. All I got to do is live and die, and I'm in a hurry, and I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, It's a great song, and it really captures the sense of, like, why am I rushing around so much? See, what everyone hopes for between work and family and worship and recreation is this this thing called balance. We all want this thing called balance. I've got a picture of something I grew up with. Um, I think these are probably not allowed anymore. I don't know why. Might have something to do with all the fractured, you know, tailbones as... uh, as you're up on the top and then your buddy decides to play a joke and jump off and you go crashing down to the bottom. I remember all those moments. Or you have a friend who's a little heavier than you and they sit on the bottom and leave you stranded on the top. Everybody go through that? Man, uh, I was a little kid and, and I was a little small for my age in elementary school. So I lived through that quite a bit. I know the view from up the top of the teeter-totter. Uh, that happened to me a lot. But uh, balance, this idea of balance is a bit of a myth. Now, of course, if you were balanced on a teeter-totter, it actually wouldn't be that fun because you would just stay there. What makes a teeter-totter fun is it goes up and down. Uh, a, a well-known pastor in the U.S., guy named Wayne Cordero, talked about that. He said, balance is a myth. You can't have balance because balance only works if everything stays the same and nothing changes and nothing moves. Okay, everything's balanced. Don't nobody move. Don't nobody ever get sick. Don't everybody have a crisis at work. Don't everybody have a birthday party. Don't ever... Everything has to stay the same because that's 
That's the only way we can have balance. So it becomes, it becomes, it's really a myth, right? Because what happens when a family member does get sick? Or you lose your job? Or you suddenly have the opportunity for a vacation to get away? Or it's ball season? Or any of those things. Don't you then shift your priorities a little bit over here? You shift it a little bit over here. Okay, this needs more tension here and this. So, um, that's, balance doesn't really work. Uh, the way we get ourselves into real trouble is by having no margin in our lives. I think we've talked about that here before. We've had no margin. Margin on a, on a page. If, you're, if you have a Bible open in front of you right now, you've got some white space around the edge. That's called the margin. If, if they printed it right to the edge of the paper, you, you wouldn't be able to read it very long. It would, it would tire you out. It would, it would be kind of stressful to read that when it's just, oh, oh, you need some white space to kind of rest your mind and rest your eyes. Well, we need some margin in our lives. Because if we don't have margin, we've got nothing left to manage a, a sick grandchild or sick child or a car breakdown or help a friend in need. We need margin to manage some of those things. I think a better word than balance is the word tension. You don't balance life, you keep it in tension. You're, you, you know, you can't bail on the responsibilities that you have. Um, and much of what keeps you busy actually also is fun. You like it. You enjoy it. You, you take on things because they're, they're invigorating to you. And so you then instead have to keep some, some tension. I've got something here that illustrates that a little bit. I borrowed this from one of my sons. It's a, it's a bow. And, uh, I was never really that good at archery, but what makes this small bow work is what? Tension, right? So there's tension on that string right now. It's taut. In fact, when you store it, you're supposed to take the string off so that it doesn't wear out. And what makes that arrow fly? More tension, right? But if you kept tension on it all the time, you would, you would wear out the, you'd wear out the bow, you'd wear out the string. You, you couldn't take it, but it needs a little, a little moment of some extra tension. The releases, the arrow shoots off. And so, but it leaves a little bit of tension. So life has to have some tension to it, but it's always flexing. It's always moving. And so how do we do that? So that's what we're talking about this morning. This sense of living in the tension of life. A few weeks ago, we were reminded that our life is a house that we build. And, um, and we, we mentioned Psalm 127. We're going to go back to that. Today, we're, go back to Psalm 127. We're going to work a little bit more with that metaphor of the house building. But I can tell you just need a moment to turn to the person who's nearby you and say, it's going to be a good day today. Can you just do that? You just need a moment. You just need to relax. A little, there's a little tension in the room, I can just tell. So, it's going to be okay. All right, you feel more relaxed? Is that better? I can have you do that again if it'll help. You think you're tense about today. Man, I'm nervous. Nervous. Alright, Psalm 127. If you, uh, if you have found that, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? And we read it once already. Thank you, Calista, for reading that. But let's go over that one more time. Psalm 127 says this, Unless the Lord builds a house... The work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat 
for God gives rest to his loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gate. Let's be seated together. We thank the Lord for his word. Some pretty powerful lines in there. It's useless for you to work so hard. I'm not against being busy. I'm not advising idleness. Uh, too much time on your hands, though, uh, can get you in trouble. And a full life is honestly kind of fun. But an overpacked life with no margin is not good for you in the long run. So we, I want to talk about some of the some of the challenges of that. Psalm 127 is really warning us that if that if our life is just all storm and fury and much ado about nothing, as Shakespeare would say, that that can be really harmful to us. And I want to talk about some some ways that the psalmist unpacks that for us. Uh, verse 1 starts this way. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the, the work of the builders is wasted. What does that mean? What we're talking about here is wasted energy. If you're taking notes this morning, you've got an outline with you, you can fill that in. Wasted energy. To say that the Lord builds the house means that we agree to the Lord's plans, right? He's the builder and, and those of you who have been in the building trades, you know that when you're the builder, it doesn't mean you physically pounded every nail, but it means you're responsible. The Lord is the builder. It means we respond to His plans, His direction, His way of doing things. We've got a picture here of, of uh, my own house that was being built 10 years ago. And uh, we lived just around the corner from it. And so almost every day we would go have a look and see the progress, go trespassing, walk through the, the place like you're not supposed to. And, um, you know, it's, it was fun. It was fun to see that, that, that developing. I've got another little picture here of my, uh, my kids. One, two pictures, one on the right. There's my son Alex, there's my son Stuart uh, climbing up and playing around. This is why they say no trespassing, Okay. <laughs> Because little boys like to climb and and get into trouble. So, but, now listen, I know how to swing a hammer. I know how to pull electrical wire. I know how to do some of those things. If I'd gone in after hours and said, you know, I'd like this room here to be a little bigger. And I'm going to add some electrical over here and and uh, make some changes. I don't really care for this plumbing. Uh, let's, let's uh, you know, that would not have been good. In fact, that would have been wasted energy because I would not have been building according to plan. And the very next day, the builder would have, you know, undone anything I had done and reported me for trespassing. So uh, that would have been a waste of time and effort. That's kind of what we're talking about here. When we are ignoring the Lord and his word and his plan for our lives, we end up building the wrong house in the wrong way, the wrong materials. Right? Off the wrong plans. We're working for the wrong builder instead of building God's kingdom. Wouldn't it be better to say, Lord, what directions are you giving me? How do you want me to build? How are you directing my life? So I, I'm just, it's a caution from this psalm not to be so busy that we waste our energy in ways that God's not leading us to do. Verse 1 then continues, it says, Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. 
What is this about? This reminds us that a, that an overbusy life creates an exposure to risk. An overbusy life can, creates an exposure to risk. See, if I'm always busy, how do I have time for God's protection over my life and God's guidance in my life? Right? See, for most of us, what happens when you get really busy, right? The first thing to go for most people in a, in a season of busyness are spiritual habits. The first thing to go out the window is Bible, Bible reading or prayer, doing your R&R devotions, getting to connection group, um, you know, I've even had, it's just not uncommon for people to tell me, you know, we've just been really busy, so we, you know, we've been skipping out Sunday mornings because we just are busy, our week's been so busy, we just needed to find a time to rest, and so, you know, we, we haven't been coming Sundays for that reason. Well, what's happening there? You're, you're dis, as you disconnect from good spiritual habits, now your faith seems to matter less and less to you, and you are coming out from God's protection over you. God's care over you, right? The devil has you cutting out of your life the very things that you need to sustain you. Time with God. Time in worship. Time in God's word. Time with God's people and community. This is why I encourage you, and this doesn't work all the time, but even when you're on a vacation, if you're on a trip or you're on a, you're going somewhere, find a place to worship where, where you, where you travel, when you're on vacation. Find a local church. Um, Last year we were on a on a little cruise and there was a little worship service on the boat. You know it was awesome. I got to worship people with people that I've never met before, I never will meet again, different traditions, and it was really fun. I mean it was really meaningful in that moment. So when we say, oh, I just I don't have time for all that right now, I'll get to it later, what happens? That leads to a spiritual drift away because we realize, oh, I've got all this extra time in my hands. This is kind of nice. What you don't see is that you are removing yourself from the Lord's protection. Your city is not guarded by the Lord. And so you're pulling away. And you're exposing yourselves to, to risk of the enemy's temptation and the enemy's accusations and the enemy's discouragements on you and the enemy's deceptions over you. And so you expose yourself to risk if you're creating such over-busyness that you can't keep those good, healthy spiritual habits in your life. So that's risk exposure. What's another one? I've got a third one here. Verse 2 carries on. It says, It's useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. I love this verse. It's reminiscent of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you, you know the word? Rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A cost of being too busy is needless Stress. Needless stress. You all know the, the cost and the, the, the potential damage of stress in your life, right? The description here is, is, is accurate. You work hard from early morning to late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. Um, if you've ever been so stressed that you ended up tossing and turning all night, you know what I mean. I tossed and turned quite a bit last night myself. Um, you know exactly what this is. Your busyness is creating needless stress in your life, which costs you sleep. It costs you in your health. It costs you in your relationships. And I know there's seasons in life when, when there's just a lot to get done. That's just how it is. Every industry has busy seasons, whether it's education, whether it's the building trades, 
whether it's an accountant, there's always busy seasons and you just have to push hard and get some things done. But if every season of your life, students, you have that too. It's just like, we're coming up to finals, right? Aren't we coming to near the end in FPU? Is this it? Is this the week coming up? Next week. So you see it. You see it come. You're like, oh, there's that freight train. And you're trying to get out of the way of it. So, But you can do that for a little period of time. But if you had a week like finals week, every week of the semester, you wouldn't make it. You, It would crush you, right? So um, there are seasons... And, and, and you can get through those seasons, but if it goes on and on and on, you're gonna harm your body, you're gonna harm your relationships, you're gonna de- deprive yourself of the rest that God gives you. The problem of the super long days and the anxious pace is that we end up worrying about things over which we have no control. Ever worried about the weather? <laughs> right? <laughs> Some of you are worried about the weather. Oh, the other day I wanted to get my car washed and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should wash it because it might rain. And I'm worrying about something over which I have zero control. Right? Um, we, we, uh, we worry about what might happen next week. Or we worry about what someone might say. Or we might offend somebody. Or we might disappoint somebody. Right? All those things. You cannot keep all the people happy all the time. In fact, you can hardly keep anybody happy any of the time. It's an impossibility. Right? So your over busy life will kill you with stress instead of letting God minister to you the rest that He has for you. So, pace it. Pace it properly. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. Verses 3 to 5 then make a kind of a funny shift to talking about, about children, the blessing of children and the responsibility of parents to raise their children. Uh, Jeremy, you made that reference to the, you know shooting the arrows out, exactly what he's talking about here. But it's a reminder that being over busy leads to misaligned priorities. Misaligned priorities. So children are a gift from the Lord, it says, which is great. I I would agree with that. My children are a gift to us. But the task of parents is to guide them off into the world and not make them the center of our own universe. Um, You know, it's easy to become so focused on children or grandchildren, those of you who have grandchildren, that we have suddenly no life of our own. Everything just revolves around them and we forget that our job is to to launch them into the world with purpose and aim arrows uh of an archer with good with with good direction and unfortunately there's something that can happen we can actually begin to worship our kids we put them on a pedestal and everything revolves around them and and we we kind of neglect important parts of our life because we have our can have our children on a pedestal or grandchildren and uh what that actually does it teaches them to worship themselves instead of worshiping God. They become the center of their own universe. You know, that's a lot of pressure to have all the planets swirling around your head all the time. Don't do that to them. Don't put them under that pressure. And so it's, I know, again, we how do we encourage, how do we applaud, how do we be there to support them and be a part of that, children and grandchildren, without uh, lifting them up in that way. And uh, it's an irony, I think, that sacrificing, in a sense, too much for kids might actually be sacrificing them uh, for all the wrong wrong things. So don't make children or grandchildren the center of your universe or the idols of your life, but enjoy them. Enjoy them because they are a blessing from the Lord. They're a gift from God. Now, the opposite happens as well. We can get so busy that we now suddenly overlook their needs, that we, we abandon uh, them in some ways. We, you know, this gets back to this, this healthy tension I talked about with the, the, the bow that, 
we adjust as needed, right? And knowing that we're going to make mistakes at time, I think this is, personally, this is one of the areas that, that I'm recovering from in, in my own life, is that sometimes having been so busy with, with work and with ministry that, that uh, I think we miss out on some key opportunities with our own uh, kids. And so it's easy to get, even on good things, it's easy to get misaligned, over busy, and miss the priorities that God have, has for us. So worship God first. Get your relationship right with God. Pursue a connected marriage if you're married. And then raise children or grandchildren right if you're blessed with children or grandchildren. Okay, so that's kind of four ways that, that, uh, that, you know, that can be really costly for us. Is that wasted energy and the exposure to risk and the needless stress and the misaligned priorities. So how do we get through that? How, what do we do about it? Um, because you do need some recreation in your life. You need some challenge. You need to work. God made us to work, right? You need to have some fun. You need to be with your church family. You need to, to worship. All those good things are all have, are all important part of your life. And a, kind of a, a well-rounded full life. So how do we do this? Well, we need rest. Verse 2 says that God gives us rest. And I want to take that word rest and we're going to use it as a little acrostic here, okay? The word rest as an acrostic um, survival guide for your life, work, worship, recreation, school, tension, all those things in tension. Here's, the, here's your survival guide. For, first of all, R-E-S-T, rest, versus relationships. We need to have relationships. You've noticed that when something really serious happens, something really difficult happens, you know, serious illness or loss, uh, you have a, a son or daughter or a grandchild who's struggling with maybe an addiction or something, you're suddenly able to focus an amazing amount of energy onto that relationship. Don't wait till it's a crisis. Keep those, develop those relationships uh, beforehand because you need those supportive relationships when in times of crisis, so in times of stress and so on. So the question to ask is this, am I building good connections in the important relationships in my life? We talked about this last week as well, but or, you know, am I building good connections or am I just too busy to build any meaningful connection in my life? You need relationships. It's a gift of God to have those good relationships. And the ones that are closest to us honestly tend to suffer the most when the tension is, is really heavy. I know you need to keep your boss happy or you got to keep up with your clients. Uh, you know, but here's the thing. Only your family's at the dinner table. Only your family's at the dinner table. The, the rest of them are not there for you. To everyone else, honestly, um, you're a number. You're, uh, Somewhat expendable, um, like, yeah. Um, I was going to talk about Star Trek, but I realized it, I couldn't remember which color suit it is that means you're not going to make it back to the ship. I think it's the red ones. Is it red? Um, some Star Trek, he helped me out here. Which one is it? Red. Okay, I was right. <laughs> um, you know, you're the only guys, you're the, the married guys, you're the only husband to your wife. Wives, you're the only wife to your husband. Um, mom, grandma, you're the only mom or grandma to your kids. Well, only one of four, potentially, but you know what I mean. Don't let the tension steal your relationships. Uh, pursue the goal of meaningful connection, even when you don't feel like it, even when you're really not up to it. So we need rest. Next one we need is elevation. That's the E, is elevation. What I mean by that? Well, I'm talking about worship. It's the invitation to worship God. 
in all things? Am I elevating the Lord in my life and through my life and with my life, right? Uh, I'm not just talking about our, you know, singing together when we gather. Elevation means I take my life to God and I'm submitted to Him. My life is for Him. It's, it's for the purpose of serving Him. So that includes if I, you know, when I, those times when I pray or I'm in the Word or, or I'm just aware of His presence. Am I elevating God in my life? I need elevation of Him. Otherwise, I'm tempted to elevate myself. And so I, I want to download into my life the influences that are going to be God-honoring for me and help me to elevate God in my life. So relationships, elevation. Third one there is Sabbath. Sabbath, I want to say a little bit more about this. This is about pacing and about rhythm in your life. Um, when I was in the building trades, there were, I noticed there's always some trades guys, that trades people that would uh, work long days and seven days a week I just like work and work and work. And you think, man, you guys just must be killing it. And what we, what I observed is that they really didn't get much more accomplished than people who had a good five or six day work rhythm, work cycle. Show up, work hard. Cause they would show up the next day, be tired. They'd be dragging through their day, dragging through their week. And they carry that on week after week. And, and I, I noticed that you actually do better when you work with a rest. You're actually healthier for it. And so while the, the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments, remember to keep the Sabbath, God says, and it's frequently reinforced in Scripture, Sabbath is not just a command. Sabbath is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. And it precedes the giving of all. Like marriage, like care for the earth, Sabbath precedes the law. In six days God created, and on the seventh He rested. And instructed us to do the same. So it goes back before any rules or regulations were given to us. You have, you've been given a Sabbath. And it's, here's a kind of a cool thought about this that, you know, God worked six days, created everything, finished on the sixth day by creating Adam and Eve, the, the kind of the crowning achievement of creation. It's beautiful. And then it says God rested from his, his work. Now we've got that day of rest. But that seventh day for God was the first day for humankind. Isn't that amazing? God didn't say, do all your work first and then you get a Sabbath. God says, okay, I did all the work you created. I'm going to give you a day of rest. Now go do your work. You can figure that out theologically if I'm, if I'm right or wrong or that, but right or wrong on that or not. But I, I just love that sense of God wants you to work out of rest, not work out of, not rest out of your weariness, but work out of that place of rest. He has it for you. It's a gift from Him. Don't despise the Sabbath. Don't say, oh, I know better. I'm too busy. I, just, I don't. God made you to Sabbath, to, to have some, some rest time. So a cycle, a rhythm in your life of work and then worship with rest. Um, so it's, it's good biblically, of course, but it's actually good for you. It's physically necessary for your life. So ask yourself, do I have a rhythm of work and rest? Now, some of you are retired and say, well, I don't really, this doesn't apply to me because every day is my Sabbath. Hogwash. Some of you are so whatever it is that's got you consumed, you're you need a Sabbath too. Maybe your Sabbath is a Sabbath from listen to Rush Limbaugh. Maybe your Sabbath is is a, a day when you you don't go shopping, you don't kind of go out spending money. Maybe your day of Sabbath is a day when you um, just give some extra time to being in the Word or 
praying or spending time with your grandkids. There's, there's ways you, you need to figure out. Even for those of you who are retired, your life still needs a, a rhythm, a cycle of work and then a break for worship and rest. Work, rest. Even if it's not paid work. So I'll let you figure that one out in your own way. Have a day that's set apart. It's different. For me, uh, typically my rest day, my Sabbath day is Fridays. I don't really respond to phone calls. I don't do work on that day. I, I try to, I, I might do things that are restful for me, which might mean some yard work or some ways things that are restorative to me. But I, I change it up on that Sabbath day for myself. Um, so you'll be productive, more productive and less stressed and honestly more ready to hear from the Lord when you'll Sabbath like that. Okay, so relationships, elevation, Sabbath, I've got one more, and that's trust. Trust. This is about trusting God, right? Getting back to this building metaphor that I mentioned, I'm, I, you know, the question, am I trusting God to be my supplier, my, my builder, you know, my plan maker, my supervisor, uh, my protector, as he talks about, you know, the, the Lord has to guard the city. You know, we need solid, I said, I was going to say, we need concrete ways, no pun intended, um, Right? To keep ourselves trusting God. Like deliberate, active ways to do that. Or else we're going to drift away in this area too. We're going to stop trusting the Lord in different things. One of the ways we do this is with generosity. A good biblical starting point in generosity is giving of the tithe. The tenth of what we earn uh, to the Lord. Many of you do that. And and I appreciate that. Um, You don't do it for me. You don't do it for the church. Because... God does not need my money. He does not need your money. I give because I need... How, how can I put this? I need to need God more than I need the money. And so by establishing always saying, God, at, as a starting point, at least a tenth of what I earn, I give back to you. Because that helps to break the, the hold and the grip of money in my life. Because it's tempting you know, if we look at what we give and say, man, you know, we could have nice stuff. We could have more set aside. I don't care. I want to have eternal treasure. I want to serve the Lord's kingdom. I want God's kingdom to advance. And so the opportunity to fund what God's doing is actually a privilege. It's actually a blessing. Everything I have is from the Lord. And so to be able to give back to him is a, is a privilege. And it demonstrates to myself, if nothing else, that I'm going to trust God. And so as a leader, I'm, I model this. I'm personally invested in the Lord's work here at Bethany and elsewhere. Becky and I are both. And I'm not boasting. I'm not trying to brag. I'm not saying that to kind of build myself up. Um, I just need you to know that it's an important part of trust. And I'm there with you. And I have those times of the same questions. Does it really matter? Is it really worth it? Is it, can I really afford this? Yes. Yes. And in our, in our system here at our church, just so you know, I don't, I don't see what individuals give. If you give a big gift or you give a small gift, I don't see it. I don't know who gives what. So that means that I don't get the opportunity to personally thank you for what you give, but know that I know you don't give to be thanked. I know you give to honor the Lord. And so um, just know the Lord notices when you give from that right and cheerful heart. Don't give to the, you know, the, the legalistic, I give down to the penny and so I did my duty. Don't, if it's just about duty, then don't. Don't do that. But I want you to get out of joyful, generous heart because you're expressing your trust in God. All right, so relationships, elevation, 
Sabbath and trust. Those are ways, those are kind of antidotes to this over busyness in our lives. Recently in the R&R devotions, um, King David reminded me of something. He reminded me that life is really brief. I think I've got this verse on the screen here. David wrote this. He said, we are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Some of you know what it means to work hard. You know what it means to, to establish yourself financially and relationally, all those things. And your, your best efforts built something for yourself. And it would be easy to say, well, I mean, I've kind of hope in myself. I kind of got hope in my resources. I've got hope in the economy. I've got hope in my savings. I've got hope in my 401k. And I'm just here to say, all that busy rushing around really actually ends in nothing. Because that day comes when we stand before the Lord. And He says, where was your trust? Did you know me? Well, I went to church. Yeah, but did you know me? Did you have a relationship with me? Well, I I gave a lot. Yeah, but did you know me? Did you trust me? That's going to be the question. Jesus says when many we're going to count or will come to him on that last day, and he's going to have to say, "Depart from me. I didn't know you. I didn't know you. I had no relationship with you. But we did all these good religious things, Jesus. I'm aware, but you didn't." know me you had no relationship with me and i think the invitation all these things and all the rushing and all the busy and the tension of our life we got what to keep up with our our work and keep up with our recreation and keep up with our grandkids and keep up with the the what's happening on their tv show and keep up with all these kind of ah i got to keep it all in balance and he's just saying wait 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 are you finding a rest are you elevating the lord are you are, are you are, are you developing relationships are you finding a sabbath are you trusting in him so that your life builds meaning and not just accumulate stuff. Build meaning in your life. I've noticed um, that in our church, we have many people with an amazing work ethic. I love that. I, I was raised like that too. We were trained to, to work hard and have a good work ethic. I think it's wonderful. God made us to work. It's how you're designed, right? I also want you to have a good worship ethic. That you look forward to worshiping the Lord. That you want to express your praise to Him. That you want to submit your life to Him however He should lead and guide you. And I want you to have a good rest ethic. To say, I don't have to work all the time. I don't have to be on 24-7. It's okay to rest. It's okay to turn your phone off at night. Did you know that? Some of you keep your phone on. I turn my phone off at night. I'm sorry. Some of you think, pastor should not have his phone off at night. Yes, I do. Because I need rest. And if it's something so serious that you have to call me at night, you'll send a police officer to my house and he'll bang the door down. So um, if it comes to that, so be it, right? So have a good work ethic, but have a good worship ethic. Have a good rest ethic in your life. You'll be more productive and joyful as a result. Live in that tension. Too much tension, right, all the time, and the bowstring's going to snap. Your mind and body will break down if there's too much tension all the time. And um, shift your priorities as needed to the different areas of your life, the, the different seasons.
and different needs. And then prioritize those relationships, elevation, Sabbath, and trust. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for uh, today. We're reminded, even just as uh, spring is here and summer's coming and things are blossoming and growing, and we're reminded of all these different seasons in our life. We thank you that right now is a, just a, a, a blooming season in our world. Lord, I, 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 want, I want us to really grasp what it means to have the different seasons in our life. But in all those things, whether times of greater busyness or, or, or slower, slower times, God, that we would keep you at the center of all those things. That we would not find ourselves rushing around, being anxious, losing sleep, building the wrong things, guarding the wrong things, but instead we would be submitted to you in all these things. Uh, for your praise. Lord, we thank you that you care about the very details of our lives, that you've given us the gift of work, but you've also given us the gift of rest, the gift of Sabbath, the gift of relationships. And Lord, we want to worship you in these things. We thank you for your presence here today. We give you our praise. And uh, we invite you even to guide us this coming week into a week that's got a good honoring rhythm. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.